What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help? Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook and today I am joined by such an amazing comic and a great friend of mine. I have on Ryan Sickler. He comes on and talks about one of the most insane medical experiences that I've heard of. Um, he unfortunately was in the hospital for the entire month of January. It, it just kind of was one of those situations of like everything that could go wrong went wrong and he just really opened up about everything that's been going on with him medically, what his experience was like in the hospital. And if you guys have heard me talk about it, I actually went on Ryan's podcast, The Honeydew, and I had talked about my mom and all the dementia stuff uh, around the same time that I had done the episode about it here on Self Helpless. So Ryan has a fantastic podcast. It was the third time I've been on it, and it's all about highlighting the low light. So he has comics on, and we talk about any sort of dark thing we've gone through or a thing we're struggling with. And I just, I cannot recommend that podcast enough. I think you guys, if you, if you love self-helpless, you would also really, really like the honeydew. It's just a lot of, of people really um, being open about their traumas and finding ways to, again, kind of highlight the lowlights, be able to laugh about certain things. And I think you guys would love it. So definitely check it out. Ryan also has a new special out on YouTube called Lefty's Son, and uh, that's L-E-F-T-Y apostrophe S, Son. You can follow him on social media, go see him on tour. 
it's just this was a really great conversation with Ryan and I hope you guys enjoy it. So uh, you can also see me on tour. You can get tickets at KelseyCook.com. I will be taking a little time off here in the month of July and uh, I will have just been in Phoenix, though. I hope that was fun. And then I'm going to be in Davenport, Iowa, doing a, a casino in August, as well as Dania Beach, Florida in August. And then so many other dates coming up in September, Fort Collins, Louisville. In October, I will be in Spokane and Cleveland. We've got Boston, DC, Grand Rapids, Atlanta, Tampa, tons more tour dates. So go to KelseyCook.com, get those tour date tickets. Make sure you watch The Hustler, which is my special on YouTube. So many YouTube specials out right now that you can check out. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode with Ryan Sickler. All right. So excited to be joined today by Ryan Sickler. Yay. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before we get into today's episode, we always have our guests share their favorite or least favorite quote. And you said that you actually have one of each, which is uh, a, a rare thing. I'm excited to hear these. Man, I have a couple, but I think the one, my favorites that I would have to, if I had to whittle it down to one is, um, be yourself everyone else has already taken oh yeah i think that's it sounds so simple and it's like oh yeah of course but it is it's so hard to be yourself to find yourself and you're never you're you never find yourself like hey i'm 20 and this is we're good to go from here on out like if you do that you're just a piece of shit you know what i mean <laughs> if you just go hey i'm 22 and this is who i am forever you're just a piece of shit you know, so yes. You're always finding that different version of yourself, the 30-year-old, the parent, the teacher, whatever that is. I think you're always finding yourself, but yeah. everyone else out there is taken. Just be yourself. I like that a lot. Oh, I love it. Yeah. If you put the lid on it at 20, you are fucked. That's not yeah. a good person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good person to employ. That's not a good person no. to have a relationship with. No. I mean, that's just like Ask directions, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> bad across the board yeah okay that's amazing what is your least favorite quote my least favorite uh, there's a few but this one's one that's always annoyed me is um you got your work cut out for you i don't oh understand God. how that means it's difficult what if what if <laughs> my work is to sit here and cut some shit out yeah if i'm cutting things out and then it's fucking done for me so i don't understand how having your work cut out for you. To me, it already sounds like somebody did some shit for you and that's a lot easier. That's why I, <laughs> I, I just fucking hate that quote. Yeah, I think it also keeps feeding that mentality that you have to hate your work or that you should not follow something you actually enjoy doing that you might potentially be really good at because it's a scarier path. There are so many people, I think they're just like, well, I just am going to live for nights and weekends and that's just what my life is supposed to be. Yeah. So yeah, I do agree that that quote can be a, a crock of shit. You also do um, least favorite acronyms. I have one of those. Oh, okay. Look at this is like adding a whole new segment to our show. This is great. I hate YOLO. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. I yeah. love the sentiment. You yes. do only live once and you should do these things. I hate that it's been branded and marketed um, and, and coined into this phrase that just everyone throws out, you know, like, um, like these celebrity couples like Benifer and shit like that. I fucking, <laughs> I don't like those either. 
You want to throw that on the list. I don't like I don't like the combo names. All right. Yeah. Like you guys would be Chelsea. You know what I'm saying? Nah. Nah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there. All right. Now I got that out of me. That felt good. Thank you. You're welcome. YOLO has had really bad PR. Yeah. Bad it's PR. It's like, you know, 16 year olds chugging a four loco and then like exactly. Exactly. The that's what I'm talking about. It's that's like what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. You've created this do whatever the fuck you want because you only live once attitude. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but if I fucking take a kerosene shower and light a match, it might be the last thing I do. Yeah. Because I never changed since I was 20. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these fuckos. Yeah. Um, so I've been excited to have you on because, well, for many reasons, but I opened up recently on Self Helpless about what has been going on with my mom the past couple of years. And your podcast was the only other one I had done or have done, I guess, so far about my mom. And we really got into it deep because your podcast is incredible. It's called The Honeydew. I know I will have talked about it in the, in the intro, but you highlight the lowlights. And so comics come on and they really open up about things that they probably would not talk about on any other show. No. Yeah, I it's, say that is a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah, it's a very unique show, especially in the comedy world, because I think comics feel like we always have to be on. Yeah, so, and I want to say this too. Like, first of all, thank you for the love on the show. But for those of you out there watching or listening, it is a great show. And I called Kelsey after her because like, you've been on what now three times? Yeah, three times. Two, mm -hmm. three. So three your times, most yeah. recent episode. Mm -hmm. um, something we talked about with your mother's health and shit. It was before I even, uh, no, it was right after I got out. So I related to a lot of the health issues and things like that in the hospital, healthcare. Yeah. But I'm really proud of our episode. And I, I called you to tell you that. After. Yeah. And I do think like, I know I'm saying you should go watch Kelsey's episode, but if I wasn't on Kelsey's show right now, I would still tell you to go watch that episode. I think it's a, it's a great example of what the show is and what two real people having a real conversation um, is like. And then walking away and creating humor and laughter out of this ugliness, you know? So, yeah, I, yeah I've also fell in love with comedians all over again, too, because no one mm. there's no one like us that can take the ugliness and flip it into something that would make thousands of people laugh. Yes, agreed. You know, it's so healing. It's so healing. It just is. Yeah. And I think it's also a lot of that ugliness that makes us comics in the first place oh. because we look to comedy as an outlet. But yeah, I, I had so many people. I, I still, every tour date I've been on since the Honeydew, I've had people in the merch line telling me, I heard you on Ryan's podcast. Thank you so much for opening up about that. I loved the episode because even I, like I knew going into it that we were going to talk about the mom stuff and it was going to be heavy. And I was still self-conscious at the end, like, God, I just don't feel like I was very funny, but it's like, yeah, this is a different, it's a different show. Yeah. So it's a different show. And it's, it's not, so here's the other thing too, is I'm fully demonetized. They just demonetized my special on YouTube. now. <gasps> but now Whoa, the views what? were going just fine. And now it's been flagged and um, they no longer kick it to the algorithm. Like you have to know that I have a special, you have to know it's called lefty son and you have to go to my YouTube and find it to watch it. It's fucking stupid. Oh but my God. a big reason for that is because we talk about things like, 
trauma and rape and incest and molestation and these things that people have really fucking suffered. And then they flag me and say, that's not appropriate. Um, My argument is, well, how do we teach people about this shit if we can't say these words, you know? So they're, they're big on the under 18 crowd on YouTube. And I think they just hear these words and they don't pay attention to context. So yeah. they hear rape and they think these people must be over here talking about rape. Let's uh-uh, that's not going anywhere. And it's like right. this person was raped. And that includes men I've had come on who have been raped by their own parents and things like that. It's fucking a while. It's a it. I never Kelsey Cook ever motherfucking thought I'd hear some of the shit I've heard on that show. Like there are times where I sit there and I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? <laughs> I can't even imagine some of the clips that I've seen online. I'm I continue to be shocked by some of the things, but I think, again, we've already talked about it, but it just, it's so important to have your show. And I think for our listeners, I know we get into some really deep stuff too on here. And I just feel like, I mean, how long have you done Honeydew now? I started January 1st, 2019. So a little over four years. Okay. I just think, you have had so many people go on there and open up and be vulnerable about, about whatever traumas they've gone through. And I just feel like, man, if, if there's anybody listening that feels like they're alone in something, go check out the honeydew because I feel like there's a high chance that somebody has talked about something that's in the same realm of a thing that maybe you're feeling alone in. It, it's such an amazing catalog of There's of no doubt yeah. whether addiction or, you know, abuse or whatever it is. There's somebody that's been on that show that is going through what you're going through, might even have some insight. You know, a lot of the things too that I like is it's a little bit of 2020, especially for younger people. It's like, man, Kelsey went through this. And I remember her talking about a friend of mine from high school. Her name's Kathy. Um, Because of me talking about this blood clots and stuff, this was before I started paying attention to what happened to me because I clotted in 2016 and I found out I had this blood disease called factor five light and and she hits me up and she's like, Ryan, my son is 19. He's already clotted three times. I said, listen, you need to have him checked for factor five light and she has him checked. He's got it. And I said, all right, well, now you know what he has, but here's the bad news. It came from either you or your husband. Now you guys need to get checked. Well, they get checked. She has it. I said, okay, now are your parents alive? Yes. Now you got to talk to your parents, get them to have a test to figure out which one of them gave it to you. Because if both parents gave it to you, it's not good news. And you know what? Both parents have it, gave it to her. And they're in their like 70s. They didn't even know they had it. And that's the thing about this is you, no. you can live to be a healthy 102 And unless you have an incident, you would never know you had this genetic blood disease. So I've had two incidents now, Um, one that I didn't know I had it. And that's how we found out. And then this one where I was like, hey, everybody, I got this shit. Don't let me die. And then they almost let me die. So just from talking about it, um, I think it's only one of her boys, too, out of the three. Okay. And um, I'm the only one in my family. I, my, I have two brothers out of the three of us. I have it. My mom doesn't. So that's, you know, we deduced it. My dad gave it to me. Okay. My God. Yeah. Can you talk about what has happened for you recently? This whole medical nightmare, essentially, that you've been through. Well, I just went in for what was described to me as a three-hour outpatient 
back surgery, spinal um, stenosis decompression, and had the surgery done, went home, and you're supposed to get up and move around and get blood flowing slowly, and that's sort of your recovery. But mine wasn't healing right. It kept like, it should have been flat, like my spine, but it kept bubbling up. Oh, bigger and bigger like a bubble back there so surgeons like look that could be um i don't know surgical fluid it could also be blood we need to open you up and look at it and see what it is and if it's something that's wrong we'll fix it so i'm already bummed that i have to go back and be put out again for this thing that's again supposed to be a three hour dan van kirk calls it my gilligan's island supposed to be a three Uh, hour tour yeah i go back in and they and I mean, listen, I'm making it sound easy. Like they made me go into the waiting room for six hours in a wheelchair where I wasn't supposed to sit. You're in there too, and it was it was during the time when it was pouring down rain here. So every, it was like for oh, day. And yeah, yeah, every yeah. person is also in the ER getting shelter, and they're oh just that they're injured so they can be in there because the hospital can't tell them they got to go. And it's a fucking war zone. There's people, dirty people coming up to you, asking you, shaking you down for change, for sodas. I go, bro, I don't have any change. I'm like, I'm yelling. I'm like, get out of here, dude. The lady goes, waiting room? The lady goes to wheel me into the homeless corner. I go, uh-uh, what are you doing? You can't wheel me over there around all these COVID motherfuckers. No, put right here by the door. Oh, my no God. Way. And I sat in that waiting room, which I wasn't supposed to sit. I was like, I will lay on your floor. Like, you can't lay on the floor. It's filthy. I was like, God damn, they wouldn't let me lay. Six hours. I sat there for six hours. They take me in, do the surgery. They say, hey, you had a one millimeter tear. We fixed it. You're good to go. Um, But now we're going to put you in gen pop just for a day or two to recover. Okay. Wheel me into like a big general area of recovery where like... For instance, if you came in and just had your thumb surgery done, you're next to me, but you're out of there in two hours. You know what I mean? I'm now I'm going to be at least two days. They tell me no more than three days again. And the lady next to me over here, she had had some sort of surgery. She'd been there for a day or two. And And now how many, what is the time frame of you having these two surgeries back to back? So I had it on a good question i think it was a thursday or a friday i had the initial one done and then it was the following monday i was back in there oh so just my so under anesthesia again like two major surgeries back to back yeah, just okay. back pretty much yeah just a Jesus. few days in between the two um and then now i'm in the waiting or you know recovery room and it's it's just i'm flat on my back uh, only looking at the ceiling and it's just curtains around me i don't see anything there's no walls there's no <sighs> privacy and, you know, I'm day one's and now's day two, turns into day three, turns into day four. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And meanwhile, people are coming. I'm trying to sleep and rest. But this lady over here just had her finger surgeries over there, bumping music and her family's in there chit-chatting and talking. And you can't be mad at them because yeah. you know, I'm not supposed to be here this long. Yeah. Day four turns into five, turns into six. And I'm telling everyone that will listen. And it's all in my pre-op paperwork. I have this genetic blood disease. If I lay still, I'm a ticking time. Don't fucking let me die. And then one of the surgeons even said, man, you're really worried about that, huh? And I said, yeah, I've clotted before. I know what it feels like. I know it can kill me. I'm very worried about it. Yeah. So they moved me to my own room 
And uh, the day, the night before, and the next day, they're like, you're leaving. And I didn't even want to move to my own room. I was like, I'm fine. Let me just stay here. Who cares if I'm leaving tomorrow? And thank God they moved me to my own room. And then they need me to pass these tests to go home, these these occupational therapy tests. And I okay. failed the first one because I, I want to sit up for the first time after like 10 days. I'm dizzy. He's like, you're going to be weak. He said, you haven't even moved. So I was. Like 10 goes, days. Yeah. He's like, we're not going to do this today. And I was frustrated. I was like, come on, man. I want to get the." He's like, you, you're too dizzy. I'm telling you, I'll come back tomorrow. Come back the next day. I take a walker, Kelsey, and I do a senior citizen circle. That's it. And he's like, boom, you did great. We're done for the day. And I laughed and he's like, I'm serious. I'm like, come on, dude. He goes, listen to me. I know that felt like nothing to you, but in my world yesterday, you couldn't even sit up without getting dizzy. And today you're on a walker doing a circle in my world. That's a big deal. Trust me. You can overdo it. Just yeah. get back in bed, rest tomorrow. You have to pass a stairs test because I had stairs going up into my place. Thank God. Okay. The next day, the lady comes in and she's like, I need you to walk up these stairs. She's like, how do you feel? And I said, I feel, I feel different today. I'll never forget it. I was like, I can't put my finger on it. I just feel different. She goes, do you want to do this? I go, yeah, I want to go home. I'm tired of being here. I miss my daughter. Like I want to go home. Yeah. Walk up, down. And then she goes, I want you to go up sideways. Like you're holding on to a rail. I do that. And I step down and the lady says, Mr. Sickler, I've been saying this on every podcast, as your occupational therapist, I can tell you that you have successfully passed the necessary steps to go home today. And right after she said that, I collapsed on my bed <gasps> and I said, I'm clotting. And she goes, what? And I go, I'm fucking clotting. She calls a doctor in. He comes in. He tests my blood pressure or takes my blood pressure. He tells me it's dangerously low. He goes, what are you feeling? I said, I'm feeling three elephants on my chest. Like, I know what's happening. This has happened to me before. And I passed these with no medication and no fucking help. And he's like, you should have been on blood thinners when you got here. Like, you should already be dead from this. I was like, what's going on? Oh he goes, keep God. talking to me. And I go, oh, no. And he goes, what? And I said, I'm feeling like heart attack 101 symptoms. Like, here comes the pain in the left jaw and it's shooting down my left arm. He said, Sir, you might be having a heart attack and clotting. And then that's when I blacked out. That was death. That's when I closed my eyes and I was done right there. And I woke up a few hours later and there was this nice little Filipina nurse standing over me. And I don't know why I said it, but I just said, am I still going home today? <laughs> he said... No, your discharge has been canceled. And now, basically, fuck your back. We need to save your life. So they wheel into CT scans. And when I get out, again, I'm I'm ignorant, you know, and, and I don't know. What do I don't know anything? And they're telling me that I thought I had a clot, a clot. Okay. They're telling me that I didn't have a heart attack, but my heart swelled. It's swollen now. <sighs> And it's a cardiac incident and you're not going anywhere until that swelling goes down. You have massive pulmonary embolisms all over your lungs. And I was like, both of them? They're like, both of them. What is, and, can you explain what that means? Yeah. So they're blood clots and they look like, I, I mean, the best way I can describe the pictures I've seen are like leeches, like bloody leeches. Okay. Chunks of blood that break off. And mine went 
through my heart into my lungs and thank God not into my brain because, you know, I was talking to my business manager about insurance and I was like, come on, man, you know, disability insurance, they're going to say that we could wheel up on stage and do our act and we could wheel up table and podcast. But one of these surgeons goes, you could stroke. And I was like, (laughs) so I start freaking out. I go, listen, new rule. I had a dry erase board. I go, put it up there. Don't anyone tell me any more shit that could happen. If it isn't happening, I don't want to know what else could happen. Oh my God. On purpose. Like I left my phone. I treated it like it was the eighties. I was like, I don't want to know. I'm just going to listen to the doctors. So Oh, I have to, we'll come back to, I just want to talk about that more with you after this. Yeah. So that's the moment they tell me like, look, things are pretty scary right now. I had four surgeons tell me you absolutely should be dead. Um, Somebody's watching over you. And I said, man, I'm I'm never been more glad to have failed a test in my life. Because if I pass that test one day earlier, I go home. Oh. And I said to them, I said, man, there's no doubt I would have called 911 for what I was feeling. And they said, you wouldn't have made it. You would not have made it. And then they tell me that I'm so lucky to be in Cedar sinai because they're like, this particular hospital has a program for exactly what you're going through. But the weird thing is you come in with this genetic blood disease and you're this outlier. So now they're very curious about me. And I'm using this word. I become a bit of a case study for them. Okay. So they're like, you're now going to be seen by your spinal surgeon, but also a pulmonologist for your lungs, a hematologist for your blood. They have, they sent me an oncologist. He, he put his business card down. He goes, you in no way have cancer, but I want to talk to you. He said, his <laughs> I was like, thank God. And I got to talk to a cardiologist for the heart. So I've got five teams of people. Damn. They tell me. You cannot leave this hospital until everyone on these teams says you're good to go. And I said, fuck, yeah, that's the plan I want. Yes. Because I've been saying this, like if there's 11 doctors, Kelsey, and you're the 12th and you say, I don't know, I'm telling all the other 11 ones, you all shut the fuck up. Dr. Cook, what do you see <laughs> that you don't like? That's what I'm listening to. So right. I have to now make calls, they tell me. To tell people like it might be a wrap for me. And uh, I call my daughter's mother and she's like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, I don't know. I came in here for a back surgery. I clotted and now it's touch and go for the next 48 hours. And there's a real chance I could die. And I just want you to know there is a living will and trust for our daughter. There's life insurance for our daughter. She's set. I did what I was supposed to do while I was here. And then, you know, it just becomes they give me blood thinner through an IV first. And they tell me also that I can't leave until I'm able to take these orally and it's working. Okay. Um, They, you know, you get no fucking sleep. That's the thing the nurses all tell you, too. You get no sleep because they're coming in every three hours for vitals, every four for pain meds. Someone's cleaning the room. Someone's taking your order for breakfast or lunch. And I've got five teams, but each one has two or three people on them and they're coming in nonstop. And they don't know that the pulmonologist was just there and that the oncologist was just, they're just coming in and out and they're kicking your bed and waking you up at five 30 in the morning. I got a fucking eye mask on. I got um, earplugs and beats by Dre soundproof or, you know, noise canceling, but no Uh music 
just canceling noise. Yeah. I got a white noise machine right next to my face because the lady right here next to me goes like this all night long. Oh, <laughs> oh! all night long, all fucking night long. And they come in, they kick your bed, and they're like, Mr. Snickler, I know you're dead asleep and wired to your gills and drugs, but we're going to tell you some really important shit about how you just almost died, and you better pay attention and remember all this. And I'm like, what? You're coming out like, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Yeah, it was pretty fucking wild. And as you and I talked about, too, like, I didn't see the same nurse. So now, so let me say this first. So now it becomes, you're laying here. So they tell me, like, the hospital where you had your daughter, great hospital to have a baby. Terrible hospital for this right here. And I said, yeah, they're the motherfuckers that told me nothing was wrong with me in 2016 and let me go. And then I figured out, we. then another doctor figured out I had clots and was clotting. So wow. He's like, this building right here, this, he goes, I know you think any hospital, but I am telling you this particular hospital in this spot on this rock in outer space saved your fucking life. And the fact that you're in here when this happened also saved your life. If you're home, you're fucking dead. And then you freak out. Cause like, I don't want my daughter to find me dead at eight years old. Like that's wrecking her forever. Yeah. And then I went to dark places too. Like I started thinking, and I was saying about people, even in our industry, I was like, I'm going to die. And that motherfucker's still going to live. Oh my God. <laughs> like relatives that have been horrible. I'm like, my uncle's a piece of shit and I'm going to die. <laughs> Not no, today. I started thinking about things like, man, one of my daughter's boyfriend or one of my mother, one of my daughter's mom's boyfriends is going to catch her first fish with her. Fuck. Steve. <laughs> Steve don't know how to fucking Texas rig. I'm catching the first fish. I started thinking about weird shit like that. And also, I'm not a drug guy. I'm weed and a little bit of shrooms here and there. That is it. They're putting me on IV Dilaudid. And Kelsey, I'm looking at you. And as you're talking to me, I'm seeing chunks of your flesh off your face fall off, hit the table. I'm seeing the bone under your fucking, as you talk to me, I'm, I am hallucinating. And I'm like, oh. God. And it's just boom, boom. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You have a mask on sometimes. I would see it flipping up like this. And I know it's not moving, obviously. I am hallucinating. So I called the nurse in and I go, hey, I'm seeing wild shit. And she's like, like what? I go, 
Well, so far, I've seen people laser my eyes out. Um, you're talking to me right now. Just so you know, as we're talking currently, I hope you're okay, but your face is falling off right now. It is hitting the table. This older black lady that's next to me, we made friends just through, this is all audio, by the way. I see nothing except for when they come in. And this lady goes, oh my God, I'm seeing that too. I go, what? I go, you're not speaking up. She's like, I'm scared. I go, listen, take this shit out of my IV now. I only what? want the oil pills. I can't fucking deal with this Dilaudid shit. Like it, obviously it works for the pain, but the mental, it was fucking me so yeah. much. I was like, I'll take the pain. I'll fucking take the pain. It was wild shit. Okay, that this is so interesting to hear because my mom has been on Dilaudid in the past, and but she has dementia. So even when she's not on something like Dilaudid, what she's telling you, what she's saying she sees, she hallucinates regardless. And this is so interesting to hear that that is the level like, w- without you having dementia, you are seeing people's chunks of their skin falling off. Listen to me, graphically, and and so, like, perfectly it looked real. Like, the, you would see a tear in the flesh and the blood and the little dangly things and white bone, you know, the cheek. Oh, my like, God. It was fucking insane. And I'm awake. I'm not, these weren't, I had, the dreams I had were ter- worse than that. But this is me and you like talking right now. And I'm like, Chel- or Kelsey, you're fucking fake. I just called you Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> my, my couple name. <laughs> yeah, your couple name. Kelsey, your fucking face is falling off right now while you talk to me. I think you should be in the hospital. Like it got like that. Wow. Dan, Dan Van Kirk will come to see me. He he told me shit. He told me about this real touching story that we talked about. I was apparently present. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> of it i would say shit to him like dude you have a tail right now and he'd be like what i'm like you have a tail i would see it i would see oh my gosh so i start telling him so many crazy things like this he's like dude these drugs are fucking you up and it's all as he says theater of the mind so diagonal for me there's this junkie this junkie was there before me this junkie was there after i fucking i was there for in that part for like eight or nine days and he was still there and what I put together is this guy, he's, first of all, he was a dick. He was an asshole to all the nurses. He just was a fucking prick, a real, he was a cunt. He was such a, like, I've never been treated like this. I want my morphine now. And just screaming at everybody. And then they would fucking give him the morphine to shut him up. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, Kelsey, you're the nicest nurse I've ever had. Like the wow. fucking shit. Yeah. So what I deduced from this guy is that he has been shooting up in his foot and his foot is so infected that the Dilaudid that they're putting in his IV, it isn't working. And the doctors are coming back and they're telling him like, we're giving you everything we have. If that isn't helping with your pain, then we may have to take your foot. And I'm like, Oh shit. So they start talking to this dude about mag. uh, Yeah. Maggot therapy. And again, I think I'm tripping. And I'm like, what? I looked this shit up on my phone. I'm like, oh my God, this is real, whatever. So what is that? So they take this is like medieval shit. They take yeah. it's, and it's also it's a last ditch effort, by the way. Sure. If this doesn't work. It's <laughs> top city. Okay. But they, yeah. they put it's old, like if you ever see maggots on an animal or so they eat the dead flesh. So the right. maggots are actually helping by cleaning that thing up 
so that they can then try to work more with it. Uh, um, I don't ever know what happened to the dude because I was out of there. But his girlfriend was also a junkie. This, again, all this from my back looking at the ceiling. She comes in and I keep hearing them say, you can't share a bed. You guys cannot share a bed. So now she's laying on the bed with him because she doesn't want to go to the ER and sit through the six hours that I sat through because she needs her fix, right? Well, then they come back and they say, hey, you can't take your medications, all right? Now, I know that because I thought I was going to be there for three days, so I brought three days of medications. And they said, we'll hold them for you, and we will give you what you have. It just has to be administrated, uh, administered Excuse me, by the hospital. Okay. No problem. Well, they're telling homegirl over here that shit, and she ain't playing. She's <laughs> like, nah, I'm keeping my drugs. And they're like, no, you're not. You can't. It's against the law. Just give them to us. We're going to give you exactly what you have in there. Yeah. But we have to take what you have. And this chick takes all of them. I don't know how many it was because I can't see and eats them all. And oh. I hear the nurse go, oh, my God, she just took all her pills. I'm like, what? And I'm laying <laughs> on my back like, it's about to get buck wild in here. I'm like, what's Like, she just took all her pills. And they're like, call it. So first they call security before she takes them. Once she takes them, they explain to her, now it's a crime. And they're calling the police. And I'm like, get the fuck, the cops are coming. So Dan Van Kirk, a.k.a. DVK, DVK comes. And I'm like, you ain't going to believe this shit, dude. <laughs> the druggie over here is about to lose his foot. They're talking to him about maggot therapy. His girlfriend's trying to lay on the fucking bed. <laughs> she just talked all her pills. It's a wild fucking west over here. And the cops are coming. And he is dying laughing. He's like, Ryan, shut the fuck up. You told me I had a tail. You've told me my face is falling off. He's like, I don't know what to believe. Next thing you know, he's like, you hear all this ruckus. And we look out. I'm not even kidding you. I only see one because he's tall. And there's a there's a there's like a mesh curtain at the top. And mm-hmm. I can see who. I see one cop. He's like, oh, my God. I go, what's going on out there? He's like, Brian, there's, there were nine cops out there. It was it was insane. She didn't want to fucking go, and they were like, "You're fucking going." It got wild out there. I said, "I fucking told you." He goes, "How did you put all this together without seeing anything?" I go, "I'm stuck laying here, dude. I'm just laying here for days." I hear all the shit. Mom came in the other day and visited him. I know what's. Oh my god, you're getting like the audio book of Breaking Bad. (laughs) Just like only audio. And I was like, "Get me the fuck out of here!" But But it got to a point where I ended up losing my shit on him because he was treating everyone so poorly. And it was like Thursday and we got our dinner and he was like, you brought me a turkey burger. I told you I wanted the tilapia. And I fucking lost. I mean, from my back, I can't see nothing. I said, how the fuck do you know we get tilapia? (laughs) I lost my shit. I'm like, this fucking piece of shit knows we get a specific white fish on Thursdays for dinner. At the- Fuck this guy. And then it started playing on my mind because I was like, man, he really knows the system. And it dawned on me that I don't know anything in life the way a junkie knows the fucking system, Kelsey. I have a child. I don't know anything <laughs> about parenting the way a junkie knows the system. This chick knew she could lay in that bed long enough and double up that bed and get away with it for a while. She knew she was taking her drugs. He knew they got tilapia. It's unfucking believable. I'm getting, I put pictures of my fucking food online. It was, I asked for a turkey burger with cheese. Yeah. They brought me two toasted pieces of Wonder Bread. 
Oh. A craft single. <laughs> Which we talked about. <laughs> yeah, the craft single at a patty with a little sprig of whatever garnish next to it. I was like, I gotta put this together and make it. Yeah, the piece of cheese. We were like, wait, 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 he asked for some cheese and they're frisbee it onto the floor. <laughs> the condom, the cheese condom wrapper. Get it out of here. <laughs> yeah, that was the shit. So God. it was and and going back to what we talked about before, like. I think the most I saw the same nurse might have been two nights. They're now they're like guns for hire. No long longer does Ryan and Kelsey work on this floor for this company in this hospital. It's this dude coming in from Pomona, this girl coming in from Chatsworth, this guy coming from here, this lady coming from there. Yeah. Rarely, maybe two times. And then it sucks because every time someone else comes in, it's like you got to tell your fucking story again. And even though you hear them briefing them in the hallway, they deal with so many people that you're just a grain of sand on this beach. They don't know your medications, nothing. You, yeah. the thing I did learn is that you've got to be a fucking advocate for yourself in there. If you don't, if you just say, okay, th- like you said, they, they, for, I think they stopped giving your mom or they gave her the wrong medicine or, or they something. Just, yeah. They cold Turkey stopped one yeah. of her major medications for a week. Yeah. So, you know, and, and in their defense too, and I don't want to, like I said, I probably dealt with a hundred different people and 97 of them were awesome. You know, three were like assholes. So our healthcare system is fucked. It's not just fucked for us. It's fucked for those people too. And I don't blame people less and less. They're not getting paid enough. They're running. I'm watching them. They're running around like crazy. And this, this doctor, Chris Stefano said it like this doctor might've just told this family that their child's dying. And now he's coming to see me and he's like, Oh, you have blood clot. You know what I mean? Like it's perspective for them. And I'm like, this is scary and everything for me. And then he's like, yeah, I just told this family over there, they lost their kid, but let's get you on some blood thinners. And I'm like, (sighs) all right, I get it. I get it. Yeah, man. God, you've said so many things that have resonated so much with me because even though we have had completely different experiences, you've been the one who has been, you know, in the hospital because you are going through the medical things the things I've watched with my mom uh, in the past two years with her dementia and, you know, she was in the hospital for five months. You talking about that you said to put on the whiteboard, do not tell me any other things that are catastrophizing things. God. That, I also wrote up because they would say, you're going home tomorrow. And then they would test my blood every day and something would be different. And they're like, actually, you're not going to go home tomorrow because now you have to fast for 12 hours. So now we're going into the next day and then they'll take my blood and they won't give me the results till late that night. So no matter what, every fucking time they say it, it's a two day extension. Yes. I got, cause I didn't go in Kelsey, probably like your mom knowing like, Hey, you're going to be in there for 30 days. I could have made plans, arrangements. I was supposed to be home. Like now my daughter's got to be with her mom. And every time I got to call her again and be like, it's going to be two more days, you know, and it's just nonstop, nonstop. So those were the two things I made them right on the board for sure. I love that. And I highly recommend if anybody else is in that situation to take control of that if you have the ability to, because there, there was just so much bad bedside manner with my mom's time in the hospital so many people and and i don't know if that's something that they are taught to do is to just go ahead and tell you the worst case scenario so that you're prepared but man they they just got it wrong with my mom over and over and over and constantly were telling us like you're looking at a couple days left with her that is insane to me to get that wrong oh i mean i'm telling you so many times we have almost lost her and i mean 
in their defense, when she goes catatonic or somnolent, it look, I mean, if she's not able to eat food or take in fluids, that is somebody who then all of a sudden has a very short period of time that they can continue. But it just, the way they would go about things, I was pretty horrified by a lot of the time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sleep component, where you're saying it's so impossible to get good sleep in the hospital. I know you mentioned, like, thank God you stayed there for an extra day because if you had been home when the blood clotting happened... But I do feel like a good message in general is people who stay in the hospital for too long, you really do run that risk of getting some sort of infection because hospitals are filthy. You are not sleeping in a regular way at all. It's just like constant sounds beeping. People, Like you said, the woman next to you yelling, people checking on you. And that was so hard with my mom having dementia it's like it's her brain she needs actual sleep to be able to have any sort of ability to function so that was really hard and then and you're, on, you're drugged out of your mind you're on these uh, i was on steroids all these things that change you as a person plus just the anxiety and the fear and the unknowing of like when am i leaving here and what the fuck is i was here for a back surgery what is happening God. you know you start to get angry yes so how long in total were you in the hospital? Um, 30 days. Oh, Jesus. Flat on my back. I never got higher than 30 degrees. That was a big day. That was a big day for you. <laughs> but for yeah. me, you might even be able to relate to this. Like my bathroom was maybe 10 feet from me in my room. And if I could log roll over to the edge of my bed and then sit up, I have to wait 30 seconds because they want to see if I'm dizzy. And as they also told me, Please don't fall or shit on the floor. It's a lot of paperwork, right? (laughs) So if I could just use my walker to get to the toilet and sit and pee and then get back to my bed, that was running a marathon for me for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I would finally get up to go sit in a chair while they change my sheets and stuff. And I would just let sun, I'm doing, I would just sit like this in a chair. I'm like, oh my God, the things we take for granted. And yeah, um, but yeah, it it was a full, it was the month of January. I spent in seizures on my back. And then I got home and I was still on bed rest for another two weeks at home. Um, And then it slowly became this process of, so it's so funny. I just left physical therapy before I came here Mm -hmm. because I was doing that three times a week. And like, I just lifted 40 pounds for the first time this year, which is. Man, congrats. I'll be 40,000 pounds. But my, my physical therapist, the trainer, I'm like, he's like how's your neck I'm like it hurts here and he goes man don't ever do these stretches where you grab your neck well I go dude 
That's what the PT lady that came to my house told me to do. He goes, don't do that shit. I said, she told me to double hand behind here, pull down, grab here, pull over, grab here, pull over, grab my neck and boom. He goes, no. He goes, that's just some bullshit. The insurance sends that lady over for some generic bullshit to see how you're doing at home. I go, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? God. So now I'm realizing how I don't breathe properly. You know, and he's like, none of us do. And <laughs> how just how? Well, just I can't because you have to really they touch you so you can feel it. He'll be like, breathe in, and I want you to feel it on your right side. So you end up breathing in and it floats all up through here. Mm -hmm. Then when you exhale, you're exhaling out on the left side and you can feel it all the way down in your abs. And he's like, It's not about crunching your abs up. It's more about exhaling and getting all that air out. And then you'll feel your abs naturally pull where you're not making a muscle. He also told me, and this made me feel good about mm. my belly. He said, dudes with six packs or ladies, he said, the six pack, it looks good to people. He said, but what really happens is that you're, you're all muscle here and that muscle pulls you forward. So your posture sucks because you don't have anything there. You can't rock back because oh. you've got nothing but muscle and no fat there and that what? tight abs pulls your posture forward and fucks your back up and i was like look, oh. at, this look at this belt <laughs> best <laughs> news you could have ever told us man fuck a six-pack <laughs> why didn't anybody tell us this when i was like in eighth grade and everybody just yeah. freaking like, out trying to <laughs> fit in low-rise abercrombie jeans jesus yeah okay Wow. Um, oh, I have like so many other things to ask you. Okay. So you got discharged. What was the feeling when you finally got to leave? It was mixed because I was so excited to get out. Cause I hadn't seen my daughter for at the time it was three weeks. And I started arguing with the hospital. because like, she has to be 12. And I was like, bullshit. you got junkies over here laying on <laughs> bed, people popping pills and shit. I want to see my kid. Her mom's bringing her, not some nanny or sitter or something. It's her mom. So they kept saying no. And I told her mom, I go, just fucking come. Just bring her. Fuck it. Get in line downstairs. I'm going to raise hell up here. And the RN was like, all right, she can come in. But it's COVID. And this, I go, look, we, we know. But yeah. you've let 40 adults walk through this build of my room every day. Yeah. And she's got a mask on. We're comfortable with it. So, man, that was awesome. Uh. She finally came. And I could tell how scared she was and nervous and stuff and and then leaving the hospital i was really had ptsd because this is the exact same thing that happened to my father when i when we were 16 he got out of the hospital from a heart attack but he also had clots and had they, they didn't know he had this i'm the one that figured out he had this after he was dead so he came home and he clotted and he died in his bed and we found him in his bed in the morning so oh, i'm so going sorry. home thinking like holy fuck because you know when you're in the hospital if i need help they're a button push away yep if i'm home i gotta fucking call be put on hold well what are your symptoms what's it look like what you know what i mean i'm like yeah. it looks like i'm dying motherfucker like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm seeing the white light is what it looks like <laughs> i was scared because that's what happened to my father i was scared because yeah. i didn't have the the readily available help. Oh. Um, so I'll be honest, the first night they let me out, I didn't sleep. I, my body finally collapsed around the next morning at like 9, 9.30 a.m. And I just went to sleep. I was scared to sleep. Yeah. Um, but also relieved. And then, you know, like my daughter, 
Like I'd have to lay on my back on the couch and she come over and I'm like, I could sit up enough to play checkers or connect four for an hour or two. And I'd have her brother bring her over and we would just kick it and hang out and do that. And just getting love from her. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I needed. Yeah. Also, see, it makes you realize too, this whole fucking comedy shit and all it, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm in there stuck. I watched, I watched everything you could watch on fuck. It was it felt very pandemic-y again after mm-hmm. I got out. So I watched everything you could fucking watch. Yeah. And every every Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, whatever they are, they've got their true crime, their comedy, their their re- uh reality. Everyone's got the same shit, different, you know, uh-huh. style. Same with comedy. Like you watch all these comedians, uh, Sam Morrill is the one I keep using as example. This poor dude put something up. I don't know, some Karen complained. And they flagged his shit and threatening to take your whole page down. It's like, man, we're still not in control. These are our careers out there on Instagram. And like for me, YouTube, my special was, it's been over three weeks now. And it's, I don't know, 570,000. But now the numbers are crawling because they won't oh. kick it out for the algorithm. So and that hurt. such a massive debut. I mean, such yeah. huge numbers immediately. I was on pace for good numbers. And now, like, and we appealed it, and they're like, oh, we manually reviewed this, and we feel it's not appropriate. And I'm like, who? Who, a team of people did? Or is it just, like, one one guy or one lady that doesn't like it? Like, come on, man. What the fuck are we talking about? And we keep asking, what are we doing wrong so that we can correct that and not do it again? It won't tell you. So, um, you know, it's, you watch these things, and I'm like, oh, my God, you got to feed an algorithm. You know what I mean? It's not real. It's whatever this app says we encourage, you feed that thing to get it out there. So I um I'm just about in the process of getting off of social media completely. I've hired um wow. to do all of it. I'm so I told him I'm like Krista Stefano did this. Uh I'm signing off. I don't want to look at it. I don't I'll make a little ghost account just to make sure everything's up and it looks a you know, good yeah. and appropriate and things are being said and links and all that, but I'm done. It's affecting my life. It's yeah. affecting my career. It affects everything. And now I feel like just for me, I've taken it as far as I can literally with uh, like, they were telling me, well, if you put a trending song under it, I'm like, well, I don't even know. I'm not <laughs> looking for trending. Like it's over for me now. That's the job. And what I need to do right now are podcast. I need to build this new hour. I'm going back on tour. I have to start slow because of everything, but I'm going to go out once in May, once in June. And right. then if I handle it, it's just going to be twice a month. That's it. Two weekends a month. Fucking, yeah. I don't need to kill myself. You know what I mean? There's no rush yeah. to be out there every weekend, especially being a single dad. Like I only go, I build my tour around when I don't have my daughter. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, works yeah. Out none. Chad was always very, very um, specific about that when his kids were still in school. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was always making sure that he was there as a dad. And I've, I've always been so impressed by that. I wanted to ask you when you had that moment in the hospital and you were talking to your daughter's mom and saying, like, I've got a will. I, I might, this might be it. What were you feeling? What were things that you were looking back on your life? Were there any things that you wished you had done differently that have informed how you are living your life now? I really didn't. I really didn't. That's amazing. It is. Uh, That's really amazing. 
I hadn't even thought of that till you just fucking asked it. I never, <laughs> I never went backwards yeah. mentally um, because wow. I've said this before, and this might be a weird thing, but if I had the chance to come back again as someone, I would come back as me. I've really, yeah. I've liked my life. It's been horrific at times, but I think the people that I've met have been worth coming back to meet again. I think the experiences I've had are worth coming back to do again. Um, yeah. I didn't look back. I feel like what I think the the way to answer that question for me would like it it have sucked because my special wasn't even out yet. Like it had been weird uh. for, for like I wouldn't be here anymore. But I think it would be weird for people to be like that dude just died a month ago and here's his special. God. You know, I called Segura up. I was crying. I did oh, good at yeah. first music. Is there anything I can do? I go, yeah. My special's in good hands. <laughs> Take it and put it on your YouTube. Not my bullshit. <laughs> put it on your YouTube. And give her all the royalties in perpetuity. Give <laughs> that your mom's house bump. <laughs> He's like, you got it. I go, that's all. It's all I'm asking. All I'm asking. Because yeah. there's nothing anyone can fucking do. If I die, I die. It's over, you know? And I wasn't thinking of things like, man, I hadn't done it. Like, honestly, I didn't even think like, man, I haven't seen my daughter get married or graduate school. I never went there. I stayed honest to God. I, and it might have been the drugs that had me so fucked up. But I tried to stay as present as I could, because for yeah. me, because they kept telling me things too, Kelsey, they're like, look, if you're um, clots, the numbers don't get better. We have we're going to have to do a surgery. And I was like, we're not doing a third surgery in a week yeah. and or yeah. a week and a half. They were like, oh, it's just a tube about the size of your pinky. And we we put it in your groin and it goes up in your lungs and we just suck them out. You could be you could be walking tomorrow. I was like, oh, what? And then they go, but the genetic blood disease thing you have, it can make your brain bleed and you could be a vegetable. I was like, then we're not fucking doing that. That's not no. even again. Stop fucking telling me what yes. can happen. Look at the dry erase board. Man, I'm so glad that you did that. I don't think people know that they um, are able to do that, maybe. Well, and... I'm going to tell you this. I didn't, I I don't think I mentally, I, I did not have the mental thought, don't think about the past and don't think about the future. I didn't. Yeah. There's also so much going on at the time, because I'm telling you, they're throwing these names of these medications at me. And, I'm, and then they would get annoyed. Like, well, the, the Prasazuzan. I'm like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that is. They're like, it's Advil, idiot. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Like <laughs> it's that. It's true, though. It's you know, true. Like, my, I, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. And again, like we talked about, it feels like every 15 minutes, someone's coming in to do something. Yeah. And you don't really get this time to, think and I also had great friends I had Mike Duffy and I had Dan Van Kirk there and um Sarah Weinshank and Kim Con Congdon came by and stopped by for a minute but I didn't also want visitors yeah but I feel like those things kept my mind off of it um but yeah, yeah I'm surprised I'm sitting here really I, I never even thought about like man I did think about like holy shit I don't want to you know be dead at home and my daughter finds me and what that would be like for her to try to call 911 at eight. And, oh, uh, you know, those are the things I was thinking about, like in the present. I didn't even think about her wedding or any of that stuff. Yeah. That's just going, honestly, I would have had anxiety. I'm supposed to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just hit my out of pocket <laughs> maximum. You know what I'm saying? Blue Shield Silver plan, y'all. Bam. <laughs> Damn, not even the gold plan. The silver. <laughs> better than the bronze. <laughs> it is better than the bronze. Well, I think that one of the, I mean, 
your whole podcast is about highlighting lowlights. And I feel like one of the highlights, if there are any to take from all of this, is that you would not want to live a different life. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing that yeah. even with all of this that you've gone through, you would still want to come back as you. I would. And we'd still want you to come back as you because we just love you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, I, you've got to get out of here in a minute, right? Okay. So please plug again, yeah. Lefty Sun, your podcast um, where people can find you for tour dates. Sure. Thank you. Um, my YouTube channel is uh, I just at Ryan Sickler. You can go see my special there, Lefty Sun. It's free. Um, subscribe to my podcast, The Honeydew. All your favorite guests, Taylor's been on, Kelsey's been on a few times. All your favorite comedians have been on talking about the worst times in their life. And it really is inspirational to see these people who've overcome all this shit and be where they are now. Um, my website, ryansickler.com for tickets. I'm out on tour beginning at the end of May and uh, just Ryan Sickler on all social media. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing Thanks your experience. And we're all sending good healing thoughts your way. And I hope that you just keep feeling better and better. Thank you, Kelsey Cook. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Ryan. He is just one of the best people on the planet and so funny. So Again, please go check out the Honeydew podcast. Go watch his special lefty son and just support him in any way you can. We have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Love Riley. Love you. Okay, I don't have a lot to say, but I love this podcast. It makes me laugh when I'm down and it's just fun when you're bored, you're laying in bed and you have nothing to do. I just turn on the podcast and listen to these three funny girls. I love you guys. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know that Delaney appreciates it too. Thank you for taking time to leave an iTunes review and uh, please follow in their footsteps. Go leave us an iTunes review, click the fifth star. It helps the show a ton. And uh, I think that's it for now, guys. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up, but again, make sure you go to kelseycook.com, get those tour date tickets, and I will see you guys on the road. All right, have a great one, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Thank you.